0: to help you live a maximized life for more information visit greenwoodfamilychiropractic.com here's dr leanne
1: Good morning. Thanks for joining. You're listening to Maximize Your Life. I'm Dr. Leanne Schluter with Greenwood Family Chiropractic, 317-893-2853, 317-893-2853, or you can always check us out online at greenwoodfamilychiropractic.com. That's greenwoodfamilychiropractic.com. Initial exam and consultation, just $25. Today, we're talking about the FDA, more specifically, black boxed warning medication. Now, here's your asterisks. I don't prescribe anything to you. I don't put you on them. I don't take you off of them. In our office at Greenwood Family Chiropractic, this is one where if you have any questions about prescribing medication, you need to talk to your prescribing physician. This is not one. This is sheerly informational, right? okay caveat for that but most people don't know that i'm going to talk about some common medication that are boxed or black box warnings which means that they should only be prescribed in the utmost of emergencies because of their high likelihood of either neurological damage most importantly death death so when we talk about common Uh, antibiotics that are prescribed. We talk about very common um, thyroid medication that may be black box warning and you don't even know that you're on them. So we're going to talk a little bit more about how a medication becomes black box warnings, very common drugs that are black box warnings, uh, FDA approval, what that really means, what is FDA approved, what is not FDA approved, what bearing or weight that has so that when you come to your health and making decisions on what medication is right, which you talk about between you and your prescribing position, not us at Greenwood Family Chiropractic, not Doctor Lee and um, you can make that educated decision. I and where this stems from, honestly, is because I had a patient not too long ago have a problem with sleeping, and so he went to his doctor. And, uh, mind you, he had all of his grandkids staying with him for the month. <laughs> so I have very small children. I also have a problem sleeping. I get it, but he hadn't had kids in his house in a long time. And so he had problems sleeping. So he'd gone to his primary care physician who prescribed him something to sleep. And I hadn't seen him for months, for months. And so, um, his wife, had um, had come in and said you know I'm really concerned he won't get out of bed he won't move and so when we investigated a little bit more on what they what he started taking to sleep it turned out it was actually a black box warning antidepressant uh, where the number one side effect was um, suicide and so she was terrified to let him stay home by himself so she did not leave the house unless she had someone there to watch him and when she talked to the physician they said oh yeah we knew that did you not did you not know that you didn't realize that and she said no we just came in here for help for something to sleep and so that physician started working with him saw him six months later and he was a totally different guy right? And so these are ones that they didn't know what questions to ask. They didn't know what they were being prescribed. They had no idea it was a black box warning. And so these are what does that mean, what to look out for, and ways to make educated decisions for your health. So before we get into all of that, we have some news.
0: Dr. Leanne's Health News.
1: Some studies suggest that too
0: much sugar can literally mess with the brain. Health News now, one of the world's most commonly prescribed medications. Today, the average American consumes 22 teaspoons of sugar a day. Protesters say they just should not be forced to get this shot, not by the government.
1: Today's article comes from the BBC News. covid What's the best way to top up your immunity? This is a recent um, article. COVID, what's the best way to top up your immunity? So this article, there are marked difference in your immune system after a natural infection with coronavirus and after vaccination. This is interesting side note. I was chatting with family over uh, this past weekend, and we were talking about and I uh my family member is a former nurse, nurse for, you know, three decades. And she was talking about um immunizations, right? Immunizations. Yeah. You know, people who have been immunized. And um, you know, it's interesting because she is more open minded for health related issues, which is awesome. And so I, I said, stop. She said, what? And I said, well, it's not, it's not really immunization, right? We, the, um, over the course of time, society, I should say, society has coined vaccinations and immunizations and they've used them somewhat synonymously, right? Interchangeably, if you will. But just because you're vaccinated doesn't make you immune, right? So that is one where I will never use immunized immunizations, because again, this is one of the reasons why you could say, well, gosh, why do you have to have boosters all the time? Because you're not really immune. Anyways, I digress. So there is a marked difference in your immune system after a natural infection with coronavirus and after vaccination, which is better. So even asking the question. Uh, when catching COVID for the first time could be deadly, especially for elderly or people already in poor health. Let's put a little side note on there. I believe in totality that the total death rate coming, the survival rate, I believe is still 99.98%. In um, in uh, people who are over the age of 80, I believe that goes down to 99.8% percent survival rate so still an incredibly high incredibly high survival rate Um, now we're no longer starting with zero immunity as overwhelming majority of the people have either have been vaccinated or have already caught the virus it is now a serious question that has implications for whether children should ever be vaccinated, and whether we should use virus or booster shots to top up immunity in adults. Both have issues. So they talked to Professor Eleanor Riley, who's an immunologist for the University of Edinburgh. We could be digging ourselves into a hole for a very long time where we think we can only keep COVID away by boostering every year. Now, this is a real immunologist, not your neighbor who became an online immunologist in the last 18 months. This is a real immunologist. So Professor Adam Finn, a government vaccine advisor, said over vaccinating people when other parts of the world had none was a bit insane. And it's not just uh, inequitable. It's stupid. (laughs) Y'all, this is coming from the BBC. BBC. Uh, so the anatomy of immunity, we have to understand a little bit about the key building blocks of both our immune system and the virus it's attacking the power couple of the immune system that clears the body of infection are antibodies and T cells, right? Everyone wants to talk about antibodies. No one wants to talk about T cells. Antibodies stick to the surface of a virus and mark it for destruction. T cells can spot which of our own cells have been hijacked by the virus and destroy them. For all of the trouble viruses cause, it is spectacularly simple. It has the famous spike protein, which is the key it uses to unlock the doorway in the body cells, and the other 28 protein that it needs, that it needs to hijack our cells and make thousands of copies for itself, right? So there are four key areas to compare vaccine and natural infection with the virus. First, first of those four key is breath. How much of the virus the immune system learns to attack? Okay, how much of the virus the immune system learns to attack? So you get a broader immune response after being infected with the virus than the vaccine. Again, let me repeat. You get a broader immune response after being infected with the virus than the vaccine. Whether you've had Moderna or Pfizer, your body is learning to spot just one thing, just one thing, and that's the spike protein. This is the critical part of the virus that makes the antibodies, but there are 28 other proteins to target would you give a T-cell response go at it, right? So if you gave your actual body an immune system. So that means if you've actually had a real infection, you may have better immunity to any other new variants that pop up as you may have immunity to just that spike protein. Again, this is said from Professor Riley. Professor Riley, if you missed it, is an immunologist, true accredited immunologist from the University of, Ad- of Edinburgh. Number two is strength. How well does it stop the infection or prevent severe disease? Well, we know that there have been cases of people catching the virus twice, it's reinfection, and also people who have caught the virus after being vaccinated, known as breakthrough infection. Neither gives you complete protection versus infection, but the immunity that you get, from either seems to protect you pretty well from serious illness is what they say antibody levels are higher for people in the long term when they've had severe bouts of covid right severe bouts of covid um for example like you can kind of hear about side note to the article right people get chicken pox twice if they have a mild infection versus if they get a larger infection um, so the strength obviously they say the stronger your immune response has to be there's a huge difference in antibodies versus people who are asymptomatic duration how long does it protect well how long does protection last so again Antibody levels have been shown to decline over time, although this may not be as important for preventing severe disease, right? It's important. The immune system remembers viruses. So those memory T cells, again, this is not the spike protein from the vaccine. Those memory T cells linger in the body. B cells remain primed to produce new floods of antibodies on demand. This, there is evidence of immune response more than one year after infection, right? One year after infection. Um, in terms of build, durability, they're waiting to see. Again, side note there was the flu of like the 1930s, I think it was like 1938, and they had actually looked at these elderly individuals decades, decades later. And they actually found that there's a body, There's still still present antibodies in them, right? So we, um, I saw a meme that was like, shout out to my immune system who no one thinks works through this whole thing. Like, thanks for doing your job. Guys, we have an immune system for a reason. Now, location. Back to the article. Where in the body is the immunity? And this matters, right? So this is verb, verbatim. This matters, there is a whole different suite of antibodies known as immunoglobins, right? Have you guys ever heard of immunoglobins? You have if you are educated in immunology. Uh, immunoglobin A. So, this is your antibodies in the nose and the lungs compared to immunoglobin G, which we measure in the blood, right? There's different types of immunity. So, the former is important to be the barrier of infection. Natural infection, because it is in the nose rather than a jab in the arm, may be a better route to those antibodies. And nasal vaccines are being investigated too. Oof, they had that for the flu and they pulled it because they made a lot of people sick. Um, again, Professor Paul Klerkerman, who researches T-cells at the University of Oxford, again, True immunologist, not your neighbor who has Google. The location of an infection makes a difference, even if it's the same virus. So we would expect important differences between natural infections and vaccines. Again, where it happens is different. Um, so there's two big questions. Do vaccinated adults need to be boosted or exposed to the virus enough do children need uh, vaccination? we ha- I'll be candid with you guys. We had it in our home months ago. Uh, I was actually pregnant, so immunocompromised. We fared out well. Incredibly mild case. My preschooler came home months later with a preschool bug, and that knocked out our family exponentially more oh, f- than uh, COVID did. It was really, really interesting. Um, though that being said, I mean, the day before I had lost my sense of taste and smell, I was sharing forks with my um, two kids. So there, there's literally no way that they didn't have it. And they had sneezes and they had runny noses, um, no fevers, not lethargic. It, we used it as a two weeks to hang out. So now. Uh, again, back to the article, each time you're exposed, the immune system gets a little bit stronger. And this continues until old age, when the immune system starts to fail. That's not always true. Um, And infection becomes a problem again, right? They say that your immune system depletes as you age, if you don't do things properly. Um, So this is where I thought it was interesting. Again, this is Professor Finn. This isn't proven, but it could be a lot cheaper and simpler to let that happen that you get exposed and your immune system gets stronger. Then send people this whole time immu- immunizing people. They said, "Who warns we could get locked up in this quote unquote locked into a cycle of boosting without seeing if it was necessary?" Right? Literally, this immunologist said, "Hey, we don't really know. It's a lot cheaper and it's a lot simpler um, to allow people's immune systems to get stronger." than to get locked into a cycle of boosting without seeing if it's actually necessary. Um, we really need to consider, are we just frightening people rather than giving them the confidence to get on with their lives? We're close to just worrying people now. So, again, not my words. Words from actual degreed immunologist. BBC, if you want to find it. COVID, what's the best way to top off your immunity? So, again, it just gets back to why is it some people from the same virus farewell and others don't? And it's, again, just the difference between the germ theory. All germs get you sick, and if that was true, we'd all be dead. Or the terrain. Terrain theory is that your immune system isn't as strong. So we can either live in a state of fear, or we can be proactive and do things that strengthen our immune system, and for me and my family, we're going to choose the latter of the two. Now when we come back, black box warning. What it means, what to look for, and should you fear it, next.
0: You're listening to Maximize Your Life with Dr. Leanne. We're online with life-changing results and success stories at greenwoodfamilychiropractic.com. You are listening to Maximize Your Life with Dr. Leanne. Videos, tips, deals, and more. Find Greenwood Family Chiropractic on Instagram. Here's Dr. Leanne.
1: A friendly reminder that no one is more responsible for your health but you. Not your medical doctor, not your insurance company. You're listening to Maximize Your Life. I'm Dr. Leanne Schluter with Greenwood Family Chiropractic. 317 893 2853. 317 893 2853. Or you can always check us out online greenwoodfamilychiropractic.com. That's greenwoodfamilychiropractic.com. Initial exam and consultation, just $25. Today, 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 we're talking about FDA. Things that are FDA approved, things that aren't FDA approved. Things that are FDA approved that have black box warning, which means that The likelihood of neurological permanent damage, neurological damage or death are so big that they put a warning on the box that allows doctors and consumers to know uh, that this should be taken for as a last resort because of the immense risk that comes to your health. So we're going to talk about a couple commonly known, commonly prescribed black box warning drugs. Um... Now know this, again, this is always my heed this warning. I don't prescribe anything to you. We don't put you on anything in the office. We don't take you off anything in the office. Any sort of questions you should have, you should contact your primary care physician, your prescribing physician, right? Okay, awesome. Moving forward. Now, this is one where we say your health, your responsibility, your choice, Your health is your choice. And not a lot of people want to hear that. But your health is your choice. It's also your responsibility. And this is one where I just feel like we have to talk about this because the government says, I will tell you what's healthy by approving things, right? It's like cigarettes and alcohol. Totally things that get you healthy, right? But also I I uh, I was looking at these different, medication list today of all of these very commonly prescribed medication that have these box or black box warnings on them. And, you know, one of them is a commonly prescribed thyroid medication. I didn't realize this. And it talked about Medicare and how Medicare, how you don't have to take these black box warning medication. There's natural natural quote-unquote natural prescribed alternatives but how Medicare won't cover any of them and in my brain I was like well of course Medicare won't cover any of them and then I, I thought again in my head I have a lot of conversations with myself <laughs> it's fine it's fine uh but that I assume most people know that your health insurance isn't designed to get you well it is designed to take care of you when you're sick. And this is one, and it's an unfortunate one. And this, this verbiage goes for a lot of different insurance companies. Though that being said, Medicare across the board is a government-run health insurance, right? And so this is a Medicare guideline. You can find this on CMS.gov. This is Section 2251.3, Section B. And so this talks about maintenance therapy, right? So when you you say, hey, I want to maintain my body. I want to keep it well. And Medicare says, well, we don't cover that. But we don't cover anything that's chronic. Most people uh, don't know about this. So this is verbatim from CMS, right? The Medicare guidelines, section 2251.3. So it talks about... Um, maintenance therapy, chiropractic maintenance therapy is not medically reasonable or necessary and is not payable under Medicare program. Maintenance therapy includes services that seek to prevent disease, promote health and prolong and enhance the quality of life or the maintenance or prevention of deterioration of a chronic condition. They deem that not medically necessary. So what's not medically necessary? Well, anything that you come into our office at Greenwood Family Chiropractic, that you come in and your goal, if you have Medicare, is to prevent disease, promote health, prolong and enhance the quality of life, or maintain or prevent deterioration of a chronic condition. They say, you know what? You know, that's not medically necessary. Well, you paid in for all your life. Your insurance company says that's not medically necessary. You want a quality of life? no, no way. Not on us. You got to pay that out of pocket. You want to promote health? No way. Not on us. you right? We put all of this stock into like if if my insurance covers it, I'll come. But if my insurance doesn't cover it, you're like cool. You know what they do? Do you know what they do? Pay for or a hip replacement? You know it's not going to help promote health or quality of life. Back surgery? They'll pay for that though, right? Get out of here. Get guys, health is your responsibility. It's your choice. (laughs) It's wild that I thought that in there. Now, let's let's talk. What is. Boxed warning. So this is boxed warning when you're looking. uh, I'm currently on an FDA. This is guidance for industries, warning and precautions, contraindication, and boxed warning sections of labeling for human prescription drugs and biological products, content and format. I.e., this is uh, literally just from the FDA's website, FDA.gov. Um so it talks about box warning. So that's kind of where it's a bit interchangeable in terms of box warning, black box warning. Um and so it's a box warning section 20157C1. When to use a boxed warning. When to use a box warning. There is an adverse reaction so serious in proportion to the potential benefit from the drug, e.g., a fatal, life-threatening, or a permanently disabling adverse reaction, that it is essential that it be considered in assessing the risk-benefit of using the drug. Um Risk evaluation and mitigation strategies. So basically, they're saying, uh, for example, right? For example, there is a group of medications, uh, antibiotics, more specifically, that we'll go through in a couple minutes. That they say this is one where, if you've exhausted everything, you have literally exhausted everything, and that infection still is proceeding. And you say, you know what, at this point, I think like leprosy is one of the things that they're like, yep, this person has leprosy and you've tried everything else and that leprosy is, you use this. But we know that if you use this, this medication could kill you, but also so could the leprosy. So if you're going to die either way, we might as well give you this, this antibiotic. Oh, but by the way, now what we're seeing more so is it's actually a primary prescribed for urinary tract infections. Well, I mean, while we're here, let's talk about what they are. So this happened back in 2008 that the FDA has told manufacturers fluoroquinolones, they warned doctors. So when you're looking at these are more often you'll hear of the name brands, Levocin, Cipro, Avalox, Noraquin, Floquin, so those are the more common ones. They are used so commonly for uncomplicated urinary tract infections, um, prostatitis. So f- here, here is where actually in practice it was probably about eight years ago that I really started looking into this. Is that I had a patient who was uh, 16, 17 years old, young had a history of seizures when she was uh, four, five, six, right? So hadn't had any seizures in almost, almost a decade. And so this was really important, especially in referencing she was like 16, 17. She had just started with her driver's license. And she said one day she just noticed that she started with seizures and she was, she was having grand mall seizures. So, if you know that's the worst, most severe type of seizures, she's having up to two a day. And she said they started, she'd gone 10 years. And I said, okay, what had happened beforehand? What had changed? And she said, you know, nothing really. The only thing I can think of is I had a urinary tract infection. I said, well, what did they give you? And they gave her Cipro. And I said, did you know that that's black box warning for neurological? Um, side effects more specifically seizures and she said no I had no idea and I said they usually use that as a last resort if other antibiotics have failed and she said this is my first urinary tract infection that I had ever had and that is the first antibiotic that I've ever had and that child's life I watched to never be the same never be the same and, and the, like, why? Why would, why would that be where you started? And I can't, I can't answer that, right? I don't prescribe medication to you. Reminder, I don't put you on them. I don't take you off of them. If you have any questions, ask your primary care physician. But why would that be the first? Like, why would that be the first? And maybe they have a reason. Maybe they have a reason on why that would be the ultimate first step, the first go-to on that. They might. They may have a reason or they may not. Or that, that's just what they've always done. Maybe they've been in practice for, you know, uh, however many years. And that's just what they've always done. They've just always prescribed Cipro for bacterial infection. And they didn't realize that that class of antibiotics, um, levoquin, Avalox, Cipro, um, can lead to nervous system and neurotoxicity in reports found over 300 300 different studies this is one as well made me really uh it brought me back one events of acute liver damage but two i had a colleague in chiropractic school in graduate school playing basketball running around dropped to the floor we're like what in the world just happened and he had a tendon rupture his Achilles tendon just like pop ruptured out of nowhere, and it was immediately following when he was on um, Cipro for bronchitis, <laughs> and so again that is one vastly increased risk of tendinitis and tendon rupture, right? You know whose life was never the same because he could not walk, and they had to go through. I think he had to go through surgery. I don't remember back. That was like a lot of years, a lot of years ago. So some other black boxed warnings that you may have heard from adderall adderall is a stimulant it's an amphetamine drug used to treat adhd it is used uh oftentimes it's used recreationally a lot (laughs) um but it's also used in children it's an amphetamine right fda announced that they have over received over 51 reports of sudden death in children and adults who took adderall well, yeah. <laughs> um, it's it's a derivative from like street drugs that you would use. Increased risk of sudden death and cardiovascular events. Um, another black box warning is Xanax for anxiety. Xanax is a benzodiazepine drug. So it is used for different anxiety conditions. Prescription rate has risen over the last two decades, sixty-seven percent. The number of Xanax-related deaths per year has multiplied sixfold. Sixfold. Um, and so basically, uh, it's a nervous system depressant. And so they found that Xanax, along with painkillers or cough medicines, causes extreme sleepiness, slowed breathing, coma, and death. Also, it's highly addictive. Um, 2015 alone, there are 9,000 deaths. So again, when we take these medication, right, any, any decision that you make in life has a risk benefit ratio. Right. You drive to see your dentist. <laughs> there is a risk. I don't I laugh because I don't necessarily have the best analogies all the time, but they work. Uh right. You drive to see your dentist and, and uh the the benefit is that you get cavities taken care of. You could have a bacterial infection in your gums, which could lead to pericarditis, and so you could die. Um but there's a risk driving to your dentist. So the benefit is that you have good oral health. The risk is that you have to drive to get there. Like you could get into a car accident on your way there. Um, Or you could stay safe and stay home and not drive on the road, but then there's a risk of not going to the dentist and what that oral health looks like, an infection that could turn to systemic, right? All of these things, there's a risk-benefit ratio for anything. But the problem is, is that what I see more so with medication is that we haven't been informed We haven't been informed or we're unknowledgeable about the risk that comes with that medication until it's too late. Now there's another popular thyroid drug that could be on that black box list. Tell you what it is next.
0: You're listening to Maximize Your Life with Dr. Leanne. We're online with life-changing results and success stories at GreenwoodFamilyChiropractic.com. You're listening to Maximize Your Life with Dr. Leanne. Hear full shows on the podcast link at freedom95.us. Here's Dr. Leanne.
1: I'm healing time. Welcome back. You're listening to Mac with My Your Life. I'm Dr. Leanne Schluter with Greenwood Family Chiropractic. 317-893-2853. That is 317-893-2853. Or you can always check us out online, greenwoodfamilychiropractic.com. That is greenwoodfamilychiropractic.com. Initial exam and consultation, just $25. Oh, you can schedule your appointment through our website. (laughs) Today... Uh, if the FDA approves it, does it make it safe? That's that's the uh, that's what we're playing today. So uh, let's go through this. What are some things that are not approved by the FDA? Things not approved by the FDA: your tattoo ink, uh, any and basically all cosmetics, raw milk, elderberry syrup, melatonin, most vitamins. Shampoo and conditioner, hair dye, CBD oil, Highland baby products, amber teething necklaces. Um, Things that are approved by the FDA, right? Because all things approved by the FDA make us healthy and strong. We should put more of them in. We should trust that this is approved for our best interest and will not be harmful. Things that are approved by the FDA. Twinkies, Cheetos, artificial food coloring. Partially hydrogenated oils, antibiotics in animal feeds, uh, cigarettes, alcohol, vapes and e-cigs, Red Bull, all approved by the FDA. So I put a lot of stock in the FDA. Also, everything that they approve is safe, right? Or can we think, hey, maybe there are tons of drugs, tons, dozens, hundreds, that, they say, we're going to give this a black box warning and it's the sternest warning issued by the FDA that a medication can, can carry and still remain on the market in the United States. So it's designed to um, appear on the label of a prescription medication to alert you and your healthcare professional who should already know about this if that is their job about safety concerns. Such as, but not limited to, severe life-altering neurological permanent disability and death. So my question always too is that were those risks of fatal, life threatening or permanently disabling adverse reactions talked to you about it before recommended. If it's not, you should be you should be wondering why, right? It blows my mind. Um, <laughs> Viax, if you guys remember Viax, it was a. non-steroidal anti-inflammatory. I think it killed 70,000 people before they took it off the market. What about Celebrex? It's also, oh, I've got aches and pains. No big deal. Take some Celebrex. It's non-steroidal anti-inflammatory. That, by the way, is black boxed, warned from potentially fatal cardiovascular thrombotic events, heart attacks, heart failure, stroke, were, was that that talked to you before they told you to start taking it? Oh, and by the way, interestingly enough, um, they have gone through research that says that Celebrex actually increases your risk of joint replacement inhibits the cells that form cartilage it inhibits collagen synthesis it inhibits substance that act as lubricants and shock absorbers in your joint and oh that osteoarthritis that you've got in your spine your hips and your knees it actually accelerates the progression of that did your practitioner your prescribing physician tell you about that before you got on it or did they say oh goodness those aches and pains no big deal just take some Celebrex it's approved by the FDA it must be good for you get out of here Another one, too, when you look at um, black box warning, Synthroid, Levothyroxine for hypothyroidism, number one name drug in terms of prescription written by physicians, over 23 million scripts a month for Hashimoto's, um, you know, when thyroid cancer decreases, you know, and a lot of the times you're like, I don't have a thyroid, what do I do? Desiccated thyroid. Um, is better tolerated, can be prescribed. So you're looking at um, NP thyroid, armor. Um, <laughs> that's that's what got me on my wormhole, uh, if you didn't hear it, about Medicare and how Medicare doesn't pay for any of that. They don't they pay for anything that's natural, right? Uh, we all know more of like the Vicodin pain relievers because they're highly addictive. Opioids have killed... Um, Thousands of people. (laughs) Uh, Zoloft for depression, right? Uh, Black box warning for that is that it increases risk of suicide in children, adolescent, and young adults. Um, High risk of major depressive and other psychiatric disorders, mania, hallucinations, resulted in a number, a number of birth defects lawsuits. They were like, you 100% can't take pregnant. I had a friend in uh, high school started on it and unfortunately took his life uh, weeks later so loft is what he was on and I wonder if they would have told his mom hey this is this might be they could have weighed the risk and the benefit to it but the mom had no idea right And so, is there a, is there a time and place for medicine don't call me anti-medicine I'm not anti-medicine I 100% believe that there is a time and a place for medicine. Right. But you look at a 16-year-old who can never drive by herself now because of her grandma seizures um from an antibiotic that they gave her from her first urinary tract infection. It just makes me it makes me think, right? Those are the things that make you go, hmm. Hmm. But it's FDA approved, so it's safe, right? So we, we put a lot of stock into it. It's FDA approved, so it's safe. No one ever talks about the black box warnings. Or what about the things that don't even have black box warnings? What are the ones that they say, hey, uh, no big deal? We're kind of finding these things. You might just want to do a voluntary recall, like Chantix, right? Chantix is known for um, smoking cessation, stopping smoking. And listen, you guys may or may not believe this, um, but there was a time in my life that I smoked some cigarettes. It was college, right? Uh, I just made some poor decisions. Cheesy gordita crunches, cigarettes, a lot of a lot of college decisions made in college. <laughs> and so, um, you know, there's other alternatives. And some people say, I can't, I can't right? It's full of addictive substances. You know what else they just found out? Recently, recently, that laboratory laboratory testing resulted in nitrosamines in their products. So several months ago, they said, hey, um, we're going to quit distributing it. But also uh, Pfizer, (laughs) Pfizer is the one that did this, right? Whoa, Pfizer, everything approved by Pfizer is super safe. Um, Right? No, nope. They, they said, Pfizer, hey, we'll give you a chance to recall this. So they're like, fine, we'll do a voluntary recall. Because by the way, if you don't know anything about nitrosamines, um, they know that nitrosamine are a compound that actually is a potent pancreatic carcinogen. They know it causes pancreatic cancer. Oh, and I'm pretty sure Trenchix was the one that had been known to cause um, psychiatric events. And cause a massive amount of um, depression and suicide in it as well. So not even that. That's not even why they're recalling it. They're recalling it because they said, hey – we found a ton of impurities that cause pancreatic cancer. And you know when you typically find pancreatic cancer? One of the reasons why pancreatic cancer is so deadly is because you find it typically in stage three and stage four. You can't take out your pancreas. You can try to do chemotherapy radiation. But usually by the time you find it, there's three to six months to live. It is deadly. So you're like, I took Chantix and I was fine. Are you though? When was, you know, it's not like people are going in to say, oh, you took it. Let's evaluate you to see if you're in um, stage one of pancreatic cancer. It just, we've come to this place where we are a quick fix nation. We want the quick fix. Typically that comes with a drug, right? And again, I firmly believe that medicine has a time and a place. Sometimes it's for a season. Sometimes it's for a lifetime. You know, there there is a need. There is medical necessity. I 100% believe that. But where we have fallen is that transparency is not key, right? We're not transparent about this. And two, if you are on a medication or multiple medications, I highly, I highly recommend that you can just hop online and search in uh, drug interaction Checker, and put in all of your drugs because oftentimes we have one prescribing physician that says take this, another one that says this, another one that takes this, and we hope that the the pharmacist that hands it to you might see that there is an interaction between these drugs. But if you're on two drugs, right? We say, hey, here's one drug. We did all the research. We said it's safe. Until it's not safe, it kills a bunch of people. We take it off or put a black box warning and said it will kill you, but only if the the risk benefit ratio plays out um, but here it'll stand we'll keep it there um, but if you're like okay so I'm on two medications or I'm on three medications or I'm on four medications were any three two three or four of them studied together in terms of safety or are we just hoping someone catches it or is this right um, back in the day there was a an article, you can search for it. It was the New York Times. It was called the prescribing cascade. And we're on this medication and you might be on that medication for 10 years. And all of a sudden you have a symptom. And we said, you've been on that medication for 10 years. That could never be from that medication from 10 years or you would have saw it in the first year or two years or three months or six months. So we don't know if this is actually a symptom from the medication you've been on for three months, six months, a year, five years, 10 years, or if this is actually a new symptom. But we treat all new symptoms as a new condition. So we give it another medication. And then we say, hey, now that you're on this, these two medications for three years, is this new symptom a new symptom, a new presentation, or is this a symptom that's related to the medication you've been taking for three years? Right? And that's, again, not something that you ask me. That is something that you ask your prescribing physician. These are questions we give it to you and and we think, right, I truly believe that doctors have the best intent. Though that being said, if you haven't had a conversation about interactions, how long are you going to be on these medications, right? Is it black box warning? This is all one. It's your body. It's your health. It's your choice. So when it comes back down to it, if there is an interaction, if there is something that is adverse, guess You know, no doctor, no hospital, no drug company wants to take responsibility for that. You have to speak up. You have to use your voice and you have to be knowledgeable about the questions to ask. Now, always, it's a friendly caveat. I don't prescribe medication. Don't put you on them. Don't take you off of them. Talk to your prescribing health practitioner to ask these questions, but be a voice and know that sometimes that voice, those questions Will be greeted with more compassion sometimes than others. But if you need additional time with your physicians, you just have to ask, right? Voice your concerns. It's your body, it's your long term. You only have one life. And so we want to make sure. The biggest thing that I've taken away over these last several months of practice that I've heard dozens of times from patients before they've even started care in our office at Greenwood Family Chiropractic is I don't care about the quantity of life if I don't have the quality to go with it. And that brings us back to our goals at Greenwood Family Chiropractic. Why we talk about this stuff, why is because I've seen it greatly affect the quality of life of individuals and they just didn't know what how or that they had the ability to ask these questions so our goal at greenwood family chiropractic is getting you back to that 100 potential right any single time you know our thought process is your body needs no help it just needs no interference how do we get back down to the basics how do you have a health practitioner that walks alongside of you through this journey we don't do medications in the office we don't put you on them we don't take you off of them you know but our ultimate goal is like how much of this can can be can be altered with making changes right sometimes more than others but that's just one where you've got to get back down to figuring out how you do that and that's that's our goal at greenwood family chiropractic how do we live our 100 percent god-given potential 317-893-2853, 317-893-2853. Or you can always hop online to our website, greenwoodfamilychiropractic.com. Initial exam and consultation, just $25. Thanks for tuning in. Look forward to next week, but always remember that your power is on.